the blast from our past network. Why do you think your people made me? We made you because we could. Can you imagine how disappointing it would be for you to hear the same thing from your creator? <laughs> I guess it's a good thing you can't be disappointed, huh? Yes. It's wonderful, actually. May I ask you something? Please do. How far would you go to get what you came all this way for? Your answers. What would you be willing to do? Anything and everything. That's worth drinking to, I'd imagine. Talking Back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and this week we are going to be covering the movie Prometheus from 2012. And Dean, what do you think about that? Look, Tim, I'm yes. just a geologist. I like rocks. I love rocks. Now it's clear you don't give a shit about rocks. But what you seem to care about is gigantic dead bodies. And since I don't have anything to contribute in the gigantic dead body arena, I'm just going to go back to my couch, if that's okay with you. That is okay with me, actually. I... <laughs> You just go ahead, you go to your couch, and I'll just take this solo. That's that's no problem. Tim, I was um, kidding. I, I want to do this one. I want to do this one. This is one of your things. This is one of those... This is one of my things, Tim. Those things you do. Okay, yeah. I get it. I get it. Well, I'm sure someone out there loved that. <laughs> it's just me <laughs> listening back to it. <laughs> yeah, when you re-listen to this episode, you're going to love that, Dean. And you're like, man, that guy's so funny. <laughs> Dean guy. You're going to get that a kick out so of that. That guy's so funny. Yeah. We are continuing our franchise walkthrough of Alien. How much fun is this? Man. So much fun, it. man. I think when this franchise is done, we're just going to start right back from Alien and keep on going again. Just do it all I'm over down. again. I'm, hey, Tim, they all deserve another episode anyways. Oh, I know. I, I always think that, like... Even yeah. though we talk a lot about them, there's always things I don't get to say. And then afterwards, I always, something new is like, <laughs> is like unraveled for me in the discussion. And then I'm thinking about it afterwards and I'm like, ah, damn, I wish I had said that because that's interesting. So definitely. Yeah. I've definitely had those moments. Maybe that's on the plate for our next franchise walkthroughs. Just doing this one all over again. I would be totally down with that. It's on the plate. So far, there's that. And nothing else yet. Yeah. Yeah, true. That's all that's on the schedule now. I haven't thought too much about it. It might get pushed, but right now, the only thing on the schedule is doing this again. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. What a fun one. Looking forward to talking about this. Oh, totally, man. This is the one. This is the one. This is why I became a podcaster. So one day I could talk about this movie. And I've been podcasting for like five years, and I've never got to do it, Tim. Wow, that's a lot of pressure you just put on yourself. Yeah. 
No, that's why I got drunk before this. I'm wasted right now. It's, oh, are you? I, I took the pressure. I took the pressure right off. Nice, nice. I, I like to get the slow burn going. You know, it's like a slow burn for oh, yeah. the podcast, and then by the end, yeah, yeah then I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm floating on a cloud by the end. But I like that you took that approach this time. I I had to because there were to him there was too much pressure, too much pressure on it, so I had to do it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you put all that pressure on yourself, Dean. Uh, as always. Okay. Released in 2012, this movie had a budget of $130 million. That is a lot of That's budget. Mm-hmm. It grosses $403 million. Well Jeez. done. Jeez. That's a lot of money. That's, that's a lot of, a money, lot of money. Some of that. Some of that's my money. Yeah, some of that's my money too. Yeah. More that's... than just the cost of a ticket is my money. Mm-hmm. I went a few times. You just sent them a bunch of money after you saw it. You're like, I just sent the Bravo, yeah, I saw it once. Bravo. Here is a check for more money. I remember, <laughs> Here's my remember monthly when you did salary. That. You deserve it. Yeah. <laughs> Love Dean. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah, they know. That's they know it's for me. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't need to last name that thing, they know. Well, hey, this was directed by the great and powerful Ridley Scott. And this yes. is his first return to the franchise after directing Alien 33 years before this. Wow, man, that's pretty exciting. What is going on? Who I does a movie and then comes back in the franchise 33 years later? No one. George Miller. Oh yeah, nice. Good call. Good call. That's true. But he did three movies. He's done all yeah. the movies in that franchise, though. Right. So that is a little different. Mm. Yeah, a very. Oh, I was very excited. First of all, very excited to hear there was going to be a, like another Alien movie. This one. Oh yeah. And then when I heard that Ridley Scott was involved, I was excited. Yeah, I think this might have been around the time that you gave me that Alien uh, quadrilogy pack. And so I was like just diving into it around this time. So when this movie came out, I was so pumped. I was like the most pumped I could be because I just found these new movies that I love so much. It was written by John Spates. He pitched the idea for an alien prequel. And Damon Lindelof also helped write this one. And I did not realize that until the opening credits of this viewing. That caught me by surprise. Awesome. So uh, when I saw that, I was like, oh, yeah. Now I know one of the reasons Dean loves this movie. Yeah, man, I like this guy. His boy, Damon. He is my boy. Now, this cast is outstanding. We don't often get into the cast in movies. And if we do, just a couple people. But you, Dean, you wanted to say something about this particular cast. So I will give you a chance to do that now. Thank you, Tim. I just had a special request for this episode, and that was to talk about the cast, shine a light on everyone in this cast, because this happens to be my favorite cast ever. There are a lot of actors and actresses in this cast that um, they're they're just kind of like my favorite character actors, and especially around this time in like 2012. Um, a lot of them have tried to make their... Uh, you know, starring roles happen. Some have ha- like succeeded, some have failed, but I usually like those movies that they're going for that starring role. And I think this is just hit at such an interesting time for all these people where you get this type of cast with, you know, five to six people that aren't really that big. 
And when I watch it now and I see them all pop on the screen, I just get so excited because I love I love a lot of these uh, performances. Yeah, they're, they're great. So, like, tell us some of your favorites. Okay, so, like, right off the bat, Logan Marshall Green, who plays Holloway, is just kind of my guy. And it's very strange. He's not, you know, super popular. Um, he's not in a lot of stuff. But everything he's in, I just feel like, I feel like I connect with it. Um, he, I, I love his, like, little, his edge that he has, his sort of, you know, he's kind of a, an asshole, you know, he's like, he's like kind of, oh, he's kind of yeah, a 100%. jerk and he's usually that kind of role in movies, but I don't know what it is about him. He's just kind of charming about it. And uh, yeah, I, I love this guy. So in, you know, Prometheus, I think that like the, the stuff between him and David like exists because like that stuff's so great because of like the asshole nature he's bringing to that character. I don't think sure. other, like not, there's not many other actors I would put in that role that I would say do it that part better than him so just wanted to get logan marshall green off the table love that guy um let's get Charlie michael fast let's get michael fassbender off the table next because damn oh this, i love this guy in anything he does he's such a powerful actor 100 percent agree michael fassbender is so incredible yes so powerful um i am really into any movies or shows that are about robots and about like ai and it's usually um the actors in those parts play a big play a big role in how I'm perceiving the movie and perceiving those characters. And I really like to be a little bit confused about what's going on in their head. And Michael Fassbender is just playing David so well at any point in the movie, I'm just looking at him and trying to figure out what's going on. I'm trying to figure out if he's programmed that way, if he's making his own decisions. Uh, I think he's just money in this. Um, they do a perfect job of, you know, carrying him forward into you know a later movies and making him sort of the star of those later movies okay. or later movie give me two more quick two more only two well if you just okay. if you want to talk for less amount of time on each of them then go ahead but oh i'll go less just, amount of time okay yeah go quick on them then rapid fire sean harris sean harris as Fightfield with okay. the orange hair orange he's beard awesome the, i love him he's incredible that was the the line i gave at the beginning one of my favorite lines in the movie you I just, butchered like, it you butchered it he did it I, so much better yeah, than I, of you. course i butchered it you should have he's done got the an amazing face he's got an amazing face google this guy in um uh mission impossible rogue nation he does not look at all like he looks in this movie and it's amazing okay oh, interesting next one rafe spall rafe spall is this guy that's always like the clean cut uh gentleman type he's always like the put together boyfriend in movies is he the dude with glasses movie, white glasses yes in this movie love he's him. wearing a hoodie he's got glasses on he's like cross-legged he's all weird sitting in his chair love this guy it's not a role he usually does love that guy uh quickly benedict wong in this yep. movie love benedict wong idris elba come on come on what great a suave guy that is great captain love him and uh you can't uh you can't forget numi rapace in the uh, in the lead Nailed it. Yeah. And we also can't forget Charlize Theron and Guy Pierce. Uh, I was so oh, excited yes, to I... see Guy Pierce in this movie. I just love that dude. He yeah. hadn't been in, in a movie in a really long time, I think, um, up to this time. So it was a bit of a shocker to see him in this movie. And I really was happy to see him. And then Charlize Theron. I mean, my goodness, she's gorgeous. Yes. Like Charlize Theron, so gorgeous, so incredible. Like she's become one of my favorites um just now I, I think she is like one of the 
number one action stars we have. Like she's in so many cool action movies now um, that and sh and her like performances in them get me really interested in those roles. Um, she's incredible. Yeah, just love this whole cast, like top to bottom. Nice. Well, you heard it here first, listeners. This is Dean's favorite casting of all time. Yep. It'd be fun to re recast it. <laughs> recast your favorite casting of all it time. It would be. Actually, it would be fun. We should make that a double feature. <laughs> recast Prometheus. I'll just be flipping the parts around. I'll just be flipping oh, the yeah. people in the sure. parts. Yeah. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. Yeah. All right. Now, the central theme of this movie is ripped right out of Greek mythology and the mm. titan god of fire named Prometheus. Um, Prometheus is credited with the creation of humanity and defying the gods and gifting humanity with fire. For that, he received eternal punishment. Uh, this was because the gods preferred to limit the abilities of their creations, so no attempt would be made to overthrow them. So very, very much what's going on in this movie. This movie is so full of subtext. We could honestly go on for hours talking about it all. Um, it's like there's something in every scene. There's something really yeah. deep and planned that you don't really notice unless you're really studying this movie in every scene. And I found it so intriguing for that reason. But that is also one of the reasons why I think a lot of people might not have liked this movie. Mm. Right. Yeah. It's there. That's why I like rewatching it over and over because I find when I watch it, I, I pull out different things every time and I'm never, I never reach a conclusion. Like I never am just at the end, like I got every single thing in this movie. I get every point they're trying to make. I never reach that. So it always gets me coming back for another viewing. Yeah. I still have questions even after this one, maybe even more oh, than sure. before. Yeah, so, for sure. Looking forward to talking about it. Now, Ridley Scott said that while Alien was indeed the jumping off point for this project, out of the creative process evolved a new grand mythology and universe in which this original story takes place. Now, I love my mythology, but to give us four alien movies with no mythology, and now to do a 180 and make this fifth movie all about mythology, I again understand why this could be a problem for alien fans. Not for me. I loved it, but... I, I can understand when I when I talk to people who like the Alien franchise and don't like this one so much, I can understand why. Right. Um, yeah, not for me either and not for Ridley Scott. Like, I think that's why there's so much, like, I can feel the love and care in this movie uh, of just, like, making a great movie. And I think it's because these ideas are very interesting to him. I think he got his hands on a script that excited him and while you know he i love alien right like it's my favorite movie of all time but that's an early movie for him that's not necessarily getting across all these ideas he's been thinking about for 30 years and he likes to he likes to get into these uh subjects about like creation creation creators um and i he just is allowed to do that in this movie and uh I, yeah i love that kind of thing and so i love that this director i really like and like a lot of his movies gets his hands on something like that and can dig into it. Definitely. I like that he didn't come up with the origin story idea. He just gravitated yeah. to it when he heard it and wanted to do it. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. We just love world building and lore 
So this is this had our names written all over it for sure. For sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I just remember being so into this. Still am. Anyways, let's get into it here. So let's we, do it. We start off in space, but very quickly pull in tight to a planet. Uh, it looks like it could be Earth, but we don't see any life forms, so who knows? Then we see a huge UFO in the sky, so I'm starting to think maybe this isn't Earth. We see a cloaked figure on the ground, and it starts to watch this ship leaving. It takes off its robe, and it's basically a bald Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's ripped, man. Essentially. It drinks some sort of something that starts dissolving its body at a molecular level. We see the DNA turn black and rip apart. This figure, uh, Bald Arnie, falls into the waterfall, down into the bottom of a stream. And we then see that the DNA starts resequencing itself. Mm. Now, this was one of those openings for me in a movie where I'm so pumped after the opening scene that I almost want to leave, go back to the front, pay them my money again, and come back and sit down because I feel like they deserve double money. Nice. (laughs) I love those movies. Not even even to see it again, just to go pay money again? No, just like I feel like I owe you more money for this because (laughs) I've gotten my entry fee and the movie's only just begun. Yes. We move on to the humans now. And we're in the Isle of Scotland, and it's uh, 2089, fine year. An expedition team has found some very old pictograms in a cave. Mm. The scientists think it's an invitation. So we jump four years later. Yeah, this is cool. Four years later, and we're on the ship Prometheus. It has a crew complement of 17, one of which is David. One of the coolest characters from any movie ever. Yeah, David's incredible. And this, I love that we get some, uh, there's no mystery in this android. Like we've had mystery in this franchise about, you know, the the android on board and are they good and are they bad? Um, There's no mystery in having the android. Just like right away we know it's the only one awake, you know, shooting hoops while riding a bike and spinning a ball on his finger. You know, like this is just obviously the android. Cool. I like that it's putting it forward and showing us what they're doing while everyone else is sleeping. Like yeah. I, it, it gets us to see from, we start with sort of the perspective of the android. And this movie might even be from the perspective of David. I loved it. I thought it was such a great take to do, to show yeah. while the crew are in cryo, that yes, the android is taking care of them. It's going about its business probably bored as hell doing all this if androids get bored i don't know but yeah you get to see him riding a bike he makes a wicked trick basketball shot nice throwback i like that as a throwback to alien resurrection yeah um yeah and i mean as he's riding around and walking through this ship i'm starting to see where the money of this budget went to because the sets in this movie are gorgeous Mm-hmm. just so impressive this movie's you know just about 10 years old it looks like it was released yesterday you you yeah, cannot tell that incredible. this movie is 10 years old in any way it, it is no. simply amazing in hd it's beautiful yeah and that's what was so mind-blowing about it in in 2012 like oh, being in yeah. that theater it's like this thing looks incredible i love every single thing they're putting on this screen and you're right 
revisiting it, every time I put it in, I'm so impressed with how it looks and how it still looks like the best movie I've seen that week. I like what we get next as well. And that's a hologram of Peter Wayland. Uh, Guy Pierce plays him. And he lets the archaeologists we saw earlier, Shaw and Holloway, set the stage for this crew. Um, so this is a great scene where we kind of just meet everybody at once. We already met Shaw. We already met Holloway on the right. planet. But now we just get everybody together in one room and they just kind of like lay it out. This was very reminiscent of Alien versus Predator, where they kind of just mm. get this crew together and then they're all in the room and you can see all the players that are going to be involved in this movie. I like when they do stuff like that. It's easy for me just to see everybody at one time and, you know, pick out faces and realize everybody involved. And a good way to explain to us what's going to be going on in the movie, because sure. I love I, I just get excited when the, we've talked about it before. You got a crew of people who don't know why they're somewhere. So we're about to get the explanation uh. and we're about to learn at the same time why they're somewhere. Um, love this scene. Love the setup to the scene. Uh, I love that um, Wayland comes out and the first thing he does is basically just roast David. Like he just comes right out and he's like, hey, what we're going to do is going to be pretty cool. And one person here can't appreciate it. And that's my son, David, because he has no soul. <laughs> well, like, whoa, a, whoa. It's an ongoing theme in this movie is that people very yeah. often condescend David. Yes. And almost any time anyone's talking to him, they're condescending him for um, his faults. Um, yep. His faults. It's not really even a fault. It's a fault for humanity. Like he, he doesn't have humanity, but it's arrogance that humans would think that um, this, this Android is a lesser, a lesser thing just because it doesn't have humanity. Right. Yeah. They, they, they pick on him for not having humanity and for pretending to have it when it's like, that's why he looks like a human because like you made him that way. Like a human made him that way. That's why he looks like that. I do like it though, because, um, chronologically it makes sense that like early in the creation of these androids humans they're going to feel that way right like i don't think you can just initially um have uh, have a sense of camaraderie and partnership with these androids because they probably started out pretty buggy right like even an alien the the android kind of like you know malfunctions on them um so i think there's a a growing process with the android itself so that humans are going to accept it. So I under, I completely understand why David's getting ribbed this whole time. Because mm-hmm. I think the androids are, are very new to the universe. And people haven't had the chance to get to know them, get to respect them. So I, I, it, it makes a lot of sense for me. And I, and I I like it. I like that they are doing it because it, it. It, it seems realistic. Yeah, I love it. And it sets up the creator-creation dynamic already. Yes. When this movie is about a different one, it's right. about a, a different dynamic, but we set the stage with this android that humans have created. Of course. Yeah. You got the multiple levels of creator creation yeah. in this movie. So Shaw lets the crew know here that um, she believes the invitation was sent by the creators of humanity and that they've just arrived at the planet. And that planet is LV223. I tried to figure out the significance of the planet, of the planet name. Mm-hmm. I, I knew there was something there. And I was trying to figure it out. And I'm like, huh. And then I gave up. I couldn't figure it out. Okay. I thought you were going to get somewhere. I was like, okay, excellent. I, I am going to get somewhere because I had to look it up. Oh, 
So okay, good. Okay. someone else, okay. someone else figured it out for me. Okay. So LV, the Bible verse, Leviticus 22.3. Basically, to summarize it, it talks about the unholy who come before the Lord will be cast out of the Lord's presence. Hmm. There you go. So there you go. Got we'll it. Save some of that for later. Yeah. As as they're coming in for a landing on this planet, I'm again complete. I know we just talked about it, but again, I'm completely blown away by the visuals. Everything looks yeah. so realistic. I feel like I'm on this ship. It's insane. Um, they detect what they think is an unnatural structure, and they head inside the large cave. And I start to get scared. I, oh, for I got, sure. I got Tim. scared. I got scared. I started to think, like, I would be really scared going <laughs> yeah. into this cave. I was scared like, they, watching them go into the cave. Yeah, they show some of their faces just a little bit uneasy. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I get it. Like, you're just going to go into this cave thing? This is oh, yeah. This is a wild choice. But, yes. you know, this, this Holloway, this Logan Marshall Green, man, this guy is going for it. He just oh, wants yeah. to... I, I like that everyone kind of has their different reasons for wanting to do this. Everyone that knew about the expedition uh, so far sort of has, like, even between Shaw and Holloway, they seem to have different reasons why they're going. Where, you know, Holloway is very excited to go, and Shaw is not as excited. It's almost like she's a bit worried about what she's going to find, where Holloway's just pumped and excited about what he's going to find. Yeah. Yeah, good point. Everybody's kind of, yeah, got different feelings about stuff. Yeah. So they released the pups here, which I just think is such a cool idea. It's this mm -hmm. mapping technology that slowly maps the underground terrain. So uh, great. Great setup for later. They do a great job with it. Uh, the movie a great way, a great way to map where we are and see where everyone is. Oh, exactly. On a screen. Like mm -hmm. the visuals. We're, in, we're at, yeah, we're at a place where we don't have a map for it, right? We've in aliens. We were at a place where we did have a map for it. So that like kind of made sense when you saw blips on a map, but there's no way they have a map for this place, but it's cool to see that. And it's cool to see like bleeps on the screen. Uh, so I love this. I love that it's slowly mapping it out. So we don't actually know everything right off the bat. And we're going to be, um, you know, revealing what this is going to look like. Yeah. Yeah. They've got a cool 3D map on the bridge showing yeah. the progress of these, these pups kind of mapping the place. It's very cool. Um, the movie also has my full attention at this point. I'm just, I'm locked yep. in. I'm not, I'm locked yep. in. I'm not going anywhere. I think I may have actually left to pay entrance again at this point for a third time. Makes sense. Uh, I have no idea what's coming next. I'm just, where are they going to take us? And what comes next are the engineers. We see this really cool looking old holographic recording of yeah. these characters frantically running through the caves. Now, David is able to unlock a door to a room full of pods. And if there's one thing this franchise has taught us, it's that pods be bad. Pods be bad, man. We see these things and we're like, okay, wait a second. They're not eggs. No, they're not eggs. They're pods. But Black they're pods. pods. And they kind of look like eggs. <laughs> yes. Now, David hasn't seen any of the previous Alien movies, though, so he doesn't know. Right. So he decides to sneak one back on the ship. Right, right. And can I just want to say at this point that David has now proven that he doesn't really listen to anybody. He's kind right. of just doing his own thing. Like he's been told, you know, like, don't open the door. And then he opens the door and he's like, whoops, you know, like he's just doing his own thing at this point. So I'm very interested in what's going on with David. 
he he seems very fascinated by everything that's happening, yeah. just like we are. Like he's kind of like I feel like he feels like we do, but he's there and has the ability to progress us forward in the story in a way. Yeah. And and I want to bring something else up about him that we we skipped over, but it's very important to me when I watch the movie, so I wanted to bring it up. I get obsessed with his obsession over Lawrence of Arabia and Peter O'Toole. Like that's the movie he's watching at the beginning yeah. mm-hmm. and he quotes it throughout the movie. And I I wonder, is is this a movie David likes or has David been programmed to like a movie? Because right. people like movies. And I just, I always flip-flop with it and I don't quite, is he just quoting the movie because people quote movies when stuff happens and so he's just trying to be more like part of the crew? Um, this time around, watching that first scene he's watching where uh, it's, it's Peter O'Toole, you know, he's got a match and he puts his... Uh, there's a lit match and he puts his fingers over the lit match and someone says, you know, how did you do that? What's the trick? Doesn't that hurt? And he says, the trick is not minding that it hurts. Basically like faking that it doesn't hurt. And I feel like David has to do a lot of faking in the movie. So I I wonder like, is he just like kind of connected with that moment and connected with that character? Like he dyes his hair to look like him. I, what's your take on David with Lawrence of Arabia? I think he's doing it to practice being more human so that he's more accepted. Yeah. I think that's all it is because he's got some lines later that lead me to believe he wouldn't care, um, wouldn't actually care about what everybody thinks about him. I think right, it's yeah. it's irrelevant to him. I think what's relevant is that he can continue on being accepted by the crew. So he wants to fit in. He wants to look like one of them. He wants to talk like one of them. He wants to act like one of them because then nobody's going to question him, right? Then he can, yeah. pr- he can pr- basically he's acting, right? He's learning how to act from watching a movie. So he can now right. act like an actor. Meanwhile, he's got these other things he's doing behind the scenes. Yeah, that makes perfect sense and brings it back to that scene we see him watching where that match is being put out by fingers and the trick to it is that you can't act like it hurts you. And then people think that you have some sort of trick to put it out. And so he's just pretending like him. He's practicing the lines as well, right? Like how to deliver yes, lines. Yeah. So I think he's like yeah. he's practicing how to like talk to people so that it'll be believable. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. And so when he brings up lines from the movie and then he's like, that's just from a film I like. I'm like, what do you mean it's from a film you like? Do you like that film or are you no. pretending to like that yeah, film? I think he's I pretending. I think he's pretending. I love it. Yeah. Okay, cool. While I'm watching it, I buy into the fact that he does. I'm buying that he likes it. I'm buying that he's like dyeing his hair because this is his favorite actor and his favorite character. I don't think yeah. that has anything to do with it. Okay. I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with you. That's that's the way I feel about it, that he's all of this is pretend. Yeah. Um, I do want to talk about this chamber, though, that the, that we're in with the pods. It's called they yes, call definitely. it they call it the sacrificial chamber. It has a giant stone head in it. It has a bunch of black pods, as we mentioned. It has a large green gem. It yeah. has a picture of the Xeno in yeah. the form that we know it of. On the wall with its arms stretched out, like it's sacrificing something. What do you think the story of this room is? No clue, Tim. I actually have no clue. This is the thing that I just never really get. I don't know the story of this room. Every time we get to it and I'm watching it again, I'm like, oh yeah, what's this green gem thing? I kind of always forget about the green gem. I remember I remember the Xeno kind of on the wall. And I, I think that's interesting. Um... Because of things that happen later in the movie, I think that part's a little interesting that maybe they've, you know, they've got a little further than we are seeing. Um, 
with these with these pods that they have in that room they've they've like progressed a little further than what we've seen so far but i have no clue what this green gem is i i don't i don't know what's going on in that room uh, a couple possibilities i mean it, it is very possible that ridley scott is just doing something like he did in alien with the space Ooh. jockey in the seat where he just adds something in there doesn't explain it and maybe it's something he can revisit later and he doesn't we just think of we just think what's going on what is that I think that's a possibility. I think a possibility also is that the engineers are using that room as a way, almost as a way of sacrificing the Xenos in a way to like deconstruct their DNA, similar to the way the engineer at the beginning deconstructed his DNA in a positive way to kind of create humanity. Right. I'm wondering if they're deconstructing the alien DNA in a way to create it um, or turn it into a weapon, like to weaponize yeah. it. Maybe that's like the weaponizing room. But any, like, if you look at that one, yeah. there's so many holes in that. Like, I, even I could argue all the holes in that one. I really, I really like your idea that it that it's Ridley just putting it in to like like he did um in alien just putting something in that no one really knows what's going on and that was the cool part of it and so there's a mystery to this and he's going to come back in 30 years and give us the green gem prequel yeah so i do want to talk about the green gem though because i did have to do uh, obviously i have to i have to do research on the movies we talk about and when there's a lot of information like a, a movie like this there's just so many things about it like this movie's been dissected so many times by so many different people and still nobody really knows. It's just people's opinion. And like, yeah. we think this is what's going on, but this, this is something that uh, I wanted to share the large green crystal. There is something called the legend of the Emerald tablet in ancient mythology. And it's basically to summarize it. It's that there's this Emerald tablet and it's said to be a tablet of Emerald or green stone inscribed with divine knowledge of the scientific principles ruling the universe. The tablets were divided into 42 pieces and hidden so that no human being might find them. And the person who is said to have written them is a combination of a Greek god and an Egyptian god. They made like a super god in mythology. And this god wrote wrote on that like divine tablet, then split it into pieces. So... It's possible the engineers found a piece of this tablet and is allowing them to do things they shouldn't be allowed to do. Tim, this is just the shit I love. I love this. I love this idea. I love this type of building. Like, I just want to go and watch the movie again, even though I've seen it a thousand times. Yeah. I I love it, Tim. I love it. So we, we sort of mentioned it already that this alien with the outstretched arms on the wall, it also doesn't make sense because this is supposed to be an origin story. Right. About the creation of the aliens. So how is there already on this wall a picture of a Xeno that we already know and recognize? I don't I don't understand that part. It's very confusing. Um, I also. I don't quite I don't quite get it. I I really don't Like I, I try to think about it and I'm not really sure I understand. I guess when I'm watching it the first time, I'm just thinking that's cool. That's all going to yeah. get explained. We're going to learn a little bit later how they came to be and how they came to be on this wall. Right. But that doesn't actually happen in this movie. There's kind of no closure yeah. to that in the movie. So I'm just wondering if it's like a design, 
like where we if we made an android we'd have a design somewhere before it was created we would have it you know we'd have it designed on a, on a wall somewhere that everyone's looking at and going like basing their um all their designs off of so i, I just wonder if it's maybe something like that but it's like etched in stone like well that's like, a, that's the thing it's like um they've already set up pictograms in this movie and how the pictogram is like very important. Yeah. It, it, it illustrates some greater power. So that is like a pictogram on the wall yeah. of the engineer ship. And then when they open the door and the atmosphere kind of starts to change, doesn't mm-hmm. that, it starts to disappear. Like that whole yeah. image of the, the alien starts to disappear and turn into something else. So very, very strange stuff. But I, I definitely wanted to just stop and pause at this scene because there's yeah. not there's not too much going on in this scene, but the scene itself is fascinating. Just like the room yeah. and the elements in the room are fascinating to me. So I wanted to touch on that. So that's good. Uh, let's keep moving, though. Yeah, I, I just wanted to say that I love that atmosphere thing, that everything in the room starts messing up because they opened the door and they messed oh, yeah. up the atmosphere. So whatever was closed off, that room was the way it should be. It shouldn't yeah. have... It shouldn't have opened, that door shouldn't have opened. It's messing everything up. I just think that's really cool. Yep. So we're back on the ship and the crew have brought back a helmet that they found in the cave and they're able to open this helmet up and they find the head of an engineer inside and they try to revive it and it just explodes. Now that's the same thing that happened to the pile of dead engineer bodies we saw in the cave. Right. We've just done this two times already. I'm going to do it again. What the hell is going on with this part of the movie? He, yeah. he, let me let me set the situation of the engineer ship for you. Okay. I, I'm jumping a little bit ahead with one of them, but mm-hmm. there is an engineer in cryo. Mm-hmm. There is a pile of engineers close to the pod room and their heads have exploded. There's, oh, but also, haven't their chests exploded? Oh yeah, okay. Chest as well. Chest as well. Chests have exploded. Yeah, chest yes, exploded. chests have exploded. Chest and head though have exploded. Their heads have exploded. Right. For sure, I noticed. Now, now we have another one who gets killed by his head getting chopped off because the pod room yes. door closes on his head. Yeah. And they take that helmet back. They start to revive it in a way that they think everything should be fine. Mm-hmm. And this head explodes. It explodes, yeah. Same as the other ones exploded. What is going on in this ship? Like, why would this guy be running to the pod room? Why are there a pile of dead ones? Why is one of them in cryo? It's very interesting. There could have been something really strange going on. Almost like maybe one of them was a saboteur. I almost interesting, feel. Interesting, yeah. Like, I feel yeah. like maybe one of them... Like, there's again, there's a few ideas. Like, maybe... One of them is a saboteur. Maybe the leader went into cryo. This other one kills yep. all of the other ones behind his back, um, is trying to get to the pod room for some reason, but doesn't make it. Maybe there was an outbreak. Uh, Shaw mentioned she thinks there might have been an yep. outbreak. Maybe they got poisoned by the same stuff they were working with. Maybe it, it did something to them. But the humans come, they take their helmets off. Why aren't they getting poisoned then if, well, if there was I an think, outbreak? I think, I think that they got... This stuff that they're carrying, these canisters, something messed up. Somebody dropped one, someone, something opened, and they all got infected by this when they weren't supposed to. But wouldn't it still um, be there? Wouldn't a canister be there or something? Like, I don't, there's no evidence. There's no evidence of anything, I guess. 
there's no it's evidence, confusing. but it's also like we're in a very small part of a planet. So I don't really know if anything else has taken place. We're, we're actually only in one of these caves and there's a bunch of these caves lined up. So it could be that whatever happened here and whatever like morphed them into something, whatever didn't explode them and whatever made them some sort of wild being, those things are somewhere else right now. Maybe those things are off in the last <laughs> in the in the last cave or whatever it is. I think that's what happened. I think something went wrong with them setting up these these canisters. Okay. Yeah, it's And very, I I just really like Yeah, it's very confusing. We don't know at all what's going on and I really like that we've arrived after something instead of like arriving and seeing it happen or even just seeing footage of it happen. I like the mystery because it puts us with this crew. They also don't know what's going on, but they still kind of want to seek their answers. They want to, it, it makes sense to me why they would keep pursuing, looking for the answers they came to find because what they found isn't necessarily dangerous to them because they don't really understand what it was. Mm -hmm. Do you know, like I'm, I know what yeah. you mean. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I also like that. It's another thing that Ridley Scott could have thrown in there just to like throw us off to yeah. make, make the movie seem confusing and fascinating at the same time. So yeah, it's not really a confusing thing where I'm like, I don't get the movie. It's more just like, no, I don't understand what happened on this planet, but you it's don't, like a, you it's don't like need a to cool understand kind of mystery. Yeah. No, exactly. It's like, it's cool. Yeah. So Shaw has found a DNA match between the engineers and the humans and her cool. suspicions are correct. That is cool. It appears the engineers did, in fact, create humanity. Now, I really love that shortly after that, David is working with a little bit of creation of his own. He mm -hmm. has decided to experiment with the pod that he brought back, and he drops a small amount of the pod's liquid in Holloway's drink. And that scene is incredible. I love that scene. I love both those, those dudes in that scene. Um, I think the things that Holloway is saying, just right at David, just saying like he's drunk, you know, he got he got wasted after this because all the engineers are dead and he didn't get to talk to them and he didn't ask why he was created. And David asks him like, well, you know, why did you create me? And Holloway just says, oh, because we could because we had the power. We, we just could. So we did it. Yeah right to his face and david just says well how disappointing would that have been for you if you went to their face and said why did you create me and they said because we could and he yeah. just kind of laughs like holloway just laughs it off because he's just such an asshole he basically insults david after that. he's like well it's a good thing you can't feel anything buddy like it's oh it's so perfect that you kind of want holloway to get poisoned oh totally <laughs> in, yeah in that i time. mean it, yeah. it's it's reoccurring this whole time nobody's talking nice to david everybody condescends yeah. him and yeah you're as much as we like holloway we don't mind that David's doing this. Oh, so. yeah. I like him because he's an asshole. Like, I just I just like the vibe of that guy. I don't like I don't like the character. You know, I don't want him to succeed. <laughs> yeah. So the movie takes a really big shift now uh, as things start to go very wrong. So there were two guys from the crew that were trapped in the cave overnight uh, because there was a storm and they couldn't make it back. And now we're going back to try to rescue them. And these dudes are just hanging out in the pod room. Yeah. They're just there like, let's hang out in the pod room. What could go wrong? Uh, these pods have started to melt. And we get to meet the original face hugger here. And it completely messes these two dudes up. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, in, it's intense. 
It's intense. It's basically just a worm that swam into this black this black sludge. Um, I think there's actually two of them. I think there's two worms that that swim into this black sludge stuff that's been coming out of the canister. Yeah, and it is intense. It is like yeah, this. Very. Yeah, it, it's kind of gets kind of gross. It's it's mm-hmm. pretty cool. You know, I like the gross stuff. Too. I liked I liked it too. Yeah, I liked it. Cool. Uh, the team comes back to extract them and finds them apparently dead. Finds both yeah. of them apparently dead. Holloway after tasting the pod is not reacting very well to it at all. No, uh, they, they have to rush him back to the ship for help, but Vickers, he looks bad. He looks bad. <laughs> yeah. He looks Vic, real bad. Vickers won't let him back on the ship. And this is another really nice nod to alien when Ripley didn't want to allow yep. the people back Perfect. on the ship because of a contagion. Vickers yep. is doing the same thing. And Holloway looks like he's turning into a scrawl. At this oh, point. Oh, totally. It's, yes. it's really kind of gross. But dude, the first effect is almost the grossest. When he wakes up in the morning worm and he in goes his eyeball? to the mirror. Yeah. Yes, he has a worm in his eyeball. Oh, Come man. on. That's that, so that would freak you out, oh, man. If that happened to me, I'd freak out. Oh, get out of here. Holloway, though, he gives himself up. Like, sacrifice is another thing in this movie. Uh, another big yeah. theme. And he gives himself up with his arms outstretched. Right, like he's making the classic sacrifice, and Vickers yeah. flame throws him. So I think he realized what was going on. And for sure, Dean, the trope is still intact. Handsome guy that you yeah. like dies really early on in these alien movies. I love it, man. I love it. It's still intact. It's my thing, and I like this guy more than anybody. So I really liked. Him. I mean, like you're right. He's he's an a hole, but I really like him in the movie. Yeah. Now, the whole time that all of this chaos is going on, David is having a nice, pleasant time figuring out that this cave is actually a spaceship and he's learning how to work and control it. And he's activated a holographic recording of the engineers. And what do you think about these holograms? What do you think all this is? Like, my thoughts are that maybe the same way we as humans would record an audio log or a video log, these engineers are so much more advanced that this is their way of recording something that happened that can then get yeah. played back in the future if they want it to with these like yeah, realistic holograms. I think, I think it's just like basically the security cameras. Like I think it's just cameras that are always rolling or whatever but it's it's these hologram things and uh david is just like david studied all the language and everything so he knows what he knows what to press on those symbols in order to make it play something back like he knows what they mean he knows what the symbols mean so he presses the right things and then it starts playing back like the footage so he plays like what just happened what's the last thing that this has recorded where there's like someone has been in the room right yeah okay So David finds that this ship is full of those pods and it was targeted for Earth. And then David finds Cryotube with an engineer still in it. So exciting. This was the best. I never thought the movie would be so gracious as to give us a moment like this. And they did. They just went for it. You know? This is this is everything I want to see in this movie. Yep. I, I want to see them interact with an engineer. It's what they're leading sure. up to. And it's oftentimes what movies won't give you. They'll just be like, nah, no, maybe next yeah. time. Maybe if there's another one, we'll show you. They just went for it. I love it. 
I went and paid. I paid money again at this point. I paid oh, more man. Money. How many times is four. that? Four or five yeah, now? Paid four, four times. Okay, four entry four. fees I paid. Excellent. Excellent. You missed a couple of things when you when you walked out to pay money, but I guess it's worth it. You needed to do that. <laughs> well, you, fill, me, yeah, fill me in if I've missed I'll something. Fill you in. <laughs> but uh, like I mentioned before that this is sort of David's movie. It's his POV. Um, this is like a very nice scene that David has alone with nobody else. He shut off his cameras. It's just for him. And we get to have like there's music swelling that's amazing as he's watching as he sort of turned on the ship to see where they uh last were going to go and he sees that it's earth i mean the room looks amazing like visual effects on oh, this room look gorgeous. awesome um just gorgeous and so he has this really sweet scene and then he's the one who finds the engineer and that's at this point i'm just like i've liked david a lot and it's this is his movie like this is david's movie yep for sure so back on the ship david runs some scans on shaw and he finds out she's pregnant. Now, we saw Shaw and Holloway getting it on earlier. Mm -hmm. so, so that makes sense that she's pregnant. But she said that she can't have children. She made a big point of saying she yeah. can't have children. So how is she pregnant? David basically tells her it's not a normal fetus. And it's already three months along. Oh, no. Oh, no. He's right. And he sedates her because he wants the alien for himself. Of course he does. He hits his little experiment. That's the moment where I'm kind of like, okay, so David, bit of a villain here. Everything else was very interesting and didn't quite know. I, I guess when he dips the stuff in Holloway's drink, you kind of know. But at that moment, he might not really know what he's doing quite yet. He's just, He shouldn't have run a test on Holloway like that. But I don't think he knew what was going to happen, really. I think he is experimenting creating something um just as humans are apparently a creation of engineers and we experiment with creating things why doesn't our creation experiment with creating things so i think he just wanted to see what was going to happen yeah and this guy was a huge asshole to him the whole movie there's no there's no uh other reason why he picked this like he picked this guy because this guy's an asshole to him I, I, I would disagree with you there again i don't think david has feelings like that i don't i think that's irrelevant to him it's not about it that. It just happened to me that, that Holloway was there? It's about the creation process for him. It's about the experiment. It could, it could have been anybody. Okay, so I, I, like, I, I, I'm on board with that too because he just saves Holloway in the scene right before that, which I think is very interesting that he saves him in that scene. So it's not like he wants him dead, but then he uses, like, then he just goes and uses his, like, his experiment on him. So yeah, that, that does make sense. It could have been opportunistic because Holloway's drunk. Yeah. He's drinking. So he's not yeah. going to question David giving him a drink, right? Yeah, 100%. It's, just, it's a way to inject it. So I could be wrong. I just, my take is that David no, 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 doesn't I, have not, personal no, yeah. feelings to these people. No, no, no. I'm with you because I keep getting brought back to this this line he's going to say later in the movie, which is 100%. Uh, yeah. Uh, puts all these things uh, into perspective for sure. Yeah, exactly. So Shaw is able to escape after her sedation wears off. And she goes to some super high tech med pod that's on board to get the alien taken out. And uh, this was absolutely bonkers, this scene. Bonkers? This is insanity. Like, this is, I think this is like my number one most intense scene. Like, f not just in the movie ever. Like, for me, it I might just, be. my heart rate pounds so hard every single time I watch this. She oh, is man. doing such an amazing job in this scene. She looks like she is in so much pain. Oh, so good. It's so intense. It's so, so intense. I died watching this scene. 
Yeah, yeah. She uh, before she gets in the pod, she hammers herself with a bunch of painkillers. She yeah. ju- jumps into the med pod. She's running scans. Obviously, this machine is going slow as all hell. Yeah, um, she's trying to figure out the right commands to tell it to get this thing out. Meanwhile, yeah. her stomach is starting to push out. Like the aliens, like pushing out. Her stomach's all getting huge. Then it starts doing the surgery. It just like lasers her stomach wide open. Then puts Ugh. some grips in there and like expands the area so that it can send clamps in to pull the creature out pulls out a little alien which turns out to be a very unhappy looking baby squid it's a squid baby it's it's squid baby squid baby shaw gets away from squid baby gets out of the pod and is all messed up uh walk in the halls oh this med pod stapled her closed like oh my goodness she's she's wandering around like completely out of it trying to like find somewhere to go or find some help and she walks into a room and what the hell it's wayland he's there in the flesh or partly flesh he's like partly flesh he's he has some flesh i think hangy hangy flesh he's mostly not flesh he's so old He's so old, but he's there. We thought he was dead. We thought he was dead. He's there on the ship. They woke him up so that he can meet his maker. He wants to meet an engineer. He thinks the engineers can help him not to die. Yeah. That's his purpose here. Yeah. So again, we're getting another person with another reason to meet their maker. He wants to meet the engineers so the engineers can teach him eternal life. Shaw wants to meet the engineers because she... Uh, believes in like a creator she believes in a god so she wants to know if this is that god or if there's another god she wants to know what it is she wants to like have that faith um uh, be explained to her and like holloway wanted just to ask the questions why am i here like basically he want is all about him right it was more personal like why why did you create me because i feel so special so i like that everyone's got their different reasons of being here um when when shaw comes in this room somebody needs to say what happened yeah Oh, yeah. Everyone's just like pretty cool. Like David puts a robe on her, I guess, because David knows what happened. So he just like <laughs> kind of puts something over her and like brings her over. But like everybody else in this room should be like, "Are you okay? What uh, happened to care. your stomach?" No, they got they, <laughs> they got bigger they got bigger fish to fry. They, they got Whalen. They got to put skin on Whalen. <laughs> yeah, they got to figure out how to how to make Whalen walk. How's oh, he gonna walk? Whalen walking is the best thing. <laughs> so they're they're off to wake up the engineer. Let's do it. Oh, yeah, let's wake this guy up. David's figured out how to do it. He's so smart. He's so he's so, smart. so smart and handsome, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> the engineer wakes up and is not at all happy about it and decides to go on a rampage. It rips David's head off and uses the head to kill Wayland. It kills two others mm-hmm. and then just continues on with its mission of deploying this cargo <laughs> to Earth. Yeah, he's uh, good to go. <laughs> he's good to go. He gets back in his seat, and that's the classic chair that we saw yeah. in the first Alien. Yeah. Now, uh, that that chair, that really seems integral to this whole system on the ship. Like it seems like it's a it's part of like the weapon system in my opinion. Yeah. Like it might be a targeting device or have something to do with that. I just get that feeling because same as the Alien yeah. movie, like I get the feeling like that that space jockey was in that chair trying to direct this ship as a weapon against something so i feel like that's an imperative part of them deploying a weapon is one of them needs to be in it kind of guiding it or flying it or something 
Yeah, it's interesting that it is right in the middle of everything when there were like these other seats that you could sit in and do things, but it's right in the middle. You get the armor on. That's when you put the armor on, like right. when you sit in that chair. And then it kind of looks, yeah, it kind of looks like a giant looks gunner like a gun. system or something, right? Yeah. So Shaw lets the captain know the engineer is trying to deploy an attack on Earth. But with no weapons on the Prometheus, there's only one thing they can do to fight back. So the captain deploys Vickers escape pod down mm. to the planet which can sustain life for two years and i just think that's a really cool idea for sure and actually we haven't mentioned her very much but now that we're here i gotta ask you what's your take on vickers is she an android oh, or is she human no she's human what's your take? I, I love my take my I, what i love about this is you have um, so she is the daughter of Wayland, and you have Wayland who has created a son who is a robot who's trying to act like a human, and you have his daughter who is also like blonde haired. I think she's human, and she's acting like a robot. She acts very mechanical because that's what her dad loves. He loves this android that he created. So I love these two siblings. One's trying to be more human. One's trying to act more rigid and, and like a robot, and they kind of look alike. They're both like the most beautiful people in this movie, <laughs> and... I, I love this dynamic between the two. And they hate it. Like, she hates him. She hates David because her father loves this robot more than her, basically just because he made it a boy, is what it seems like. Like, it seems like that he wanted a son. Nice. Um, yeah. That's awesome. I, I disagree. That's not my take. Okay. You think yeah. she's a, you think she's an I think she's interesting. I, uh, dude, I go back and forth. Every time I watch this movie, I'm back and forth. Yeah. It's like one scene, I think she's human. The other scene, I think she's a robot. And I'm going with Android. I'm mm -hmm. going I'm going with that her model was an earlier model that is more like created to be more human to to be mm -hmm. more to pretend to be more human or to look more human so that they can fit in better with the humans. I feel like that's not what Wayland wanted. He wanted someone like David who was more like a perf like a perfect android. Um so I think, I think Vickers kind of like is sad that Wayland loves David more because he's happier with that creation than he is with Vickers. And Vickers will never really live up to his expectations because David's the newer model that he's more happy with. Um, mm -hmm. But it's tough. I mean, either way, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying... I'm right. I'm just saying my final take is that I think she's, I think they're both androids. I think they're brother and sister yeah. androids. I think one thing that this movie uh, gives that provides a little bit of a leaning towards your take um, that always kind of throws me off of it. Um, we don't see Vickers wake up from cryosleep. She's already awake. She's wet and doing push-ups. Right. But she's already awake and she says, wake everyone up. So why is she awake first? Like, why wasn't everyone else just automatically woken up then? Why does, like, she she is soaking wet. So maybe there's, like, maybe that's, it's telling people like me who think that she's human that she's come out of cryosleep first. But, um, well, I think she may have come out of cryosleep. I think that goes along with, like, the create her more like a human, right? So she comes out, okay, she okay. has to go into cryosleep to make her seem like a human. But listen, how many people... Out of all the movies we've seen, who comes out of cryosleep and starts doing push-ups? Everybody's barfing everywhere, right? Like it's yeah, a, like a major tax. Yeah. She's doing push-ups. Um, that's another thing, yeah. She has sex with the captain, right? Yeah. I think that's another yeah. thing. Like I think they just throw that in there to maybe 
make you think because he even says he's like what are you are you an android he asks her so what does hey, she do she's That's like okay well, let's, sex, yeah. yeah she's like well let's go have sex i'll prove you wrong because yeah. i don't want you to think i'm a robot I actually want she definitely want doesn't to... want to be called a robot that's for sure yeah. yeah so just all those little subtle things i think she's yeah. a robot who was programmed to be almost as human as possible but that's not what yeah. wayland is looking for so he for that reason he likes david moore anyways yeah no i like it i love it i'm the other way but i love it yeah cool it wouldn't be uh it wouldn't be a podcast if we didn't disagree about something right <laughs> on something <laughs> <laughs> so we see the engineer ship here starting to take off and the captain and the remaining crew sacrifice themselves for the rest of humanity by smashing the Prometheus into the alien ship and bringing it down. And cool. Vickers and Shaw are on the surface. Vickers gets squashed by the crashing ship, but Shaw's ouch. A- yeah, ouch. But Shaw is able to make it to the escape pod, where we see in the in this escape pod that med pod is like integral and part of the structure of that pod. Yeah. So Baby Squid is also there, right? Baby Squid's back. Baby Squid's back. And as if that's yeah. not bad enough, David's head radios Shaw and tells her there's an engineer on the way to the pod as well. Yeah, man. And he's raging. He's raging. Shit. Shaw's in trouble, man. He's um, raging hard. <laughs> he's raging hard. She, she smartly releases the now giant Baby Squid uh, and it attacks the engineer. And dude, I must say, for how powerful we know this giant baby squid is going to be, because because we saw we saw that original face hugger, little little like small snake, breaking arms and overpowering two men. Totally. How yeah. powerful is this giant squid going to be? Yeah. I would just like to say that engineer put up one hell of a struggle. Oh, totally. It ultimately gets face hugged, but my goodness, did that thing. Must that engineer like bravo? I'm just I'm tipping you saw his muscles, man. He's I'm tipping my hat to that. He's thing, been hitting though. the gym. He he shouldn't. Nothing should put up much of a struggle against a giant squid like that. But he did. He was like, yeah, man. He was fighting it off. So Shaw is screwed. Everyone is dead. Aliens are fighting other aliens. All <laughs> hope seems lost. <laughs> yeah. But Shaw gets another call from David's head, and he asks her for help. And mm-hmm. she says, why would she help him? David says he can help her get off the planet. Great. He says there are many other ships on the planet and he can help her operate them. Cool. Very cool. All that studying paid off for David. Yeah. I love that. Like when all hope is lost yeah. here and I feel like it at the end here. So much has gone wrong so fast and she's in such a dire situation. I just, I feel like all hope is lost. And then David to the rescue. So she goes, she collects his head. She collects his body. Yeah. And Shaw tells David something very interesting here. She says she doesn't want to go back to Earth. She wants to go to the planet where they came from. Cool. She wants to know why they created humans and then tried to kill them. Yeah. That's, this is a ballsy move, dude, to go to their planet. What's your plan here? You're just going to land. You're going to touch down and walk out and ask them your question. And everything's going to be, they're just going to be like, oh, well, let us tell you the story of why we did that. Like, no, man. (laughs) Hello, I'm Elizabeth Shaw. I stole one of your ships. (laughs) I know you wanted to kill me. It didn't work. Your guys didn't fly and kill us yet. Uh, Why? Why did you want to do that? Question for you. Question. Why did you want to do that? Yeah. 
okay, now here here's here's this David quote that we're talking about. This okay? is the line, yeah. So let me just back it up here. So Shaw says she wants to know why they created humans and then tried to kill them. And David says the answer is irrelevant. Yeah. Why does it matter that they changed their minds? Shaw says maybe that's the difference between being human and being a robot. So that's my that is right there. That's my big David line this whole time yeah. that makes me think he doesn't care about if people are making fun of him. He doesn't have feelings yeah. like that. So what if someone calls him a name? What does that matter? Yeah. That, that's irrelevant. What matters is can he do some sort of experiment on him to better his own programming? This is, these are the yeah. things that he's out to get. So this is the key line for me. Yeah, you're totally right. Every time I get to that point, I'm like, okay, yeah, I get it now. I get David. And then every time I start the movie over again, I'm confused again because Fassbender's so good at David right. that I'm just like, oh, I don't know what's going on in his head. The color of his hair is irrelevant, but can yeah. he fool the crew into thinking that yeah. he is one of them? That's relevant, exactly. right? That's relevant, yeah. That's relevant. I will wear the suit outside even though I don't need it because then they think I'm more human. Then I I'm fit fitting in better. In with them. Yeah, what's yeah. relevant is that I fit in. What's irrelevant yeah. is that I put a helmet on when, the I, when I don't need one, yeah. So they climb into another ship and I'd like to go back to that um, LV-223 in the Bible verse. If you're not worthy and face the Lord, you'll be cast out. Everyone but Shaw is killed, and she was the only character with religion in this movie. Yeah. So it's like everybody who was unworthy of meeting their maker here was cast out except her. She was worthy because she believed in something, Interesting. right? Yeah. She That's also, where I think this verse comes into play. She's also the only one that doesn't, stop asking questions just because they found the engineer she's the only one that was like okay yeah we've pr proven that they created us but who created them you know she's still got questions she's still pushing more where everyone else is like we did it we found it they created us done questions that's answered very true that's a very good point yeah yeah i just like the connection that shaw is the only one to survive sure. in in the yeah, kind of the face awesome. of in the face of what happened so yeah yeah to see us out of this movie we go back to the engineer. We see that an alien bursts out of its chest and the end. Yeah. Now, this is a really neat ending because that alien that bursts out of its chest is already huge. It's already yeah. almost the size of a full-grown Xeno. First of all, how large is that thing going to get? Second of all, it came out of an engineer. How powerful is this thing going to be? And third yeah. of all, it doesn't matter. We're never going to see this thing again. There's nothing never on that planet for it to do anything to. That's what I'm I always forget. See it again. I'm like, that's so cool. What's this alien going to do? Nothing. Yeah, that's it. Nothing. This thing, we're never going to return yeah. to this alien ever again. But, you know, I wouldn't want to be the person who touches down on that planet. Yeah. And I, f I feel like this is a the type of thing that... Uh, gets people angry that this is even in there. I feel like they want this out because if this is out, then it's not really a movie connecting with the xenomorphs. Um, but this start, starts to connect it. And uh, for me, it's, I like it. Pumps me up. Oh, I'm pumped up. I just pumped think up. all I think about is how powerful that creature yeah. is. And I just, I'm pumped, dude. I'm, I'm so excited about that creature. Totally. I want to see it get big. I Oh my goodness. That thing's going to be so huge. It's going to be like 20 feet tall. 
Did you see how big the baby squid went to giant squid? The size difference there? Oh my goodness. I'm so jacked. I love it. All right. Well, let's get to what if. Cool. Okay, Dean, I worked really hard at this one. Oh, good, good. Just so you know, this was, it was difficult. Yes. I, I wanted to really go for it. So I, okay. I, I really went for it here. Okay. 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 I think you're going to like it, but I'm yeah. just going to, pr- I really went for it here. <laughs> oh, excellent. 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 Okay. So first, first, Tim. Yeah. To lighten the mood a bit. Yes. Rafe Spall, who is in this movie, is in a movie called What If? Oh, really? Yeah, it's a great movie. Oh, cool. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, now go. Now go with your serious question. Okay, Dean. There is supplemental material that suggests at the same time that Waylon sent out the Prometheus, they already knew about the signal from the ship on LV-426. For that reason, it sounds like David isn't the one responsible for creating the aliens. Mm Mm-hmm. So there could be a few different possibilities. It's possible that regardless of how the goo is used or tampered with, it will undeniably always become the final form of the Xeno that we know. So the fact that David started a process here doesn't really matter because that process clearly already happened somewhere else. Mm -hmm. But what if David is the creator of the alien creature. What if he used the engineer's technology, which could include time travel, to travel back in time and insert the aliens at an earlier point in history, allowing there to be lore around this creature and making the picture of the alien on the wall in the chamber make more sense? Okay. There's a lot to wrap my head around in that one, Tim. I know there is, yeah. A lot to wrap my head around. Um, yes, okay. I mean, I never hate time travel, Tim. I always love I always love a good time travel flick. I know you love time travel. I know you love Lindelof <laughs> and his time traveling stories. I'm a sucker for it, man. I had to go. There was no time travel in here. I had to go with the time travel. It's completely possible that the engineers can travel through time, especially with yeah. the lore behind that green emerald which is divine knowledge yeah. allowing you to do things that aren't available to humans to humanity right that could have right. been the source of all their power you know and really honestly just like how long ago they those like um how long ago they they created life on earth you know like it was so 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 long ago and then they wanted to like i don't know how many years it was later but they want to go back and kill everyone on earth like there would be nobody of that species who existed like of an engineer at the original like creation of humans that they would then be like, all right, let's go or let's go kill them all. Now we need to start something new. So yeah. Why would that maybe they did take time travel to go back and 
put humans on Earth yep. and then go into the future and be like, yep. okay, what did we do? Let's see what we got here. Exactly. And like, oh, no, 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 that's not good. Let's go send and destroy them. Exactly. I don't mind time. I mean, it makes sense that there would be time travel. They got a lot of... There's a lot of other things going on in these movies, like technology-wise. Why why couldn't you put time travel into it? I love time travel, man. I would <laughs> be down with it. I can't say no look, to it. Look, I don't I don't like it. I, don't, I mean, I like it, but I don't like it. I don't think that's what happened. Um, our what if is just let's speculate on yeah. something. Let's have fun with it. So I think as a what if, it's a fun question. It's a fun idea to think about. Totally, yeah. Again, if if you say that that's what happened, there's a million holes in that theory. Oh, of course. Every of course. Th- there's holes in all the theories. This is why yeah. I so badly want to see one more. <laughs> one I know Covenant's coming. Give me coming, one more. Give me one more. I know yeah. Covenant's coming and we didn't really talk about it here because we didn't want yeah. to. But I know what happens in Covenant and I I just I want one more to complete another. the story because yeah. I feel like there's yeah. just one section missing there. And to yeah. be quite no. honest with you, if they brought in time travel in that movie, I would not like it. I, I don't yeah. want – that's, again, that's like don't give us all these movies and, and then all of a sudden bring in time travel. It will feel contrived. It won't really fit. But I think just as an idea of thinking about how things – how these unanswered questions could possibly be answered, I think time travel is a fun thing to think about in this yeah. in this universe. For sure. I, I like to think about time travel. I think it's a lot of fun. And that's uh, – it, it's sort of a different – uh, it's a different feel than what these movies are, I would say. Like time travel stories for me are best when they're fun um, because it's kind of a weird idea to wrap your head around and it can be very hard if you're trying to take it very seriously and map everything out. That can be a very hard task for you as a viewer. Um, and I like these creation creator type stories, these deep sci-fi thinkers. I think uh, that it's just sort of a different genre than a time travel movie. Um, So it it would take a very serious movie that I love to watch over and over again because I love to think about it and mix it with something that's just sort of fun. Um, So it'd be a, it's it's almost like I would enjoy it in a comic book or something like that. You know, something that I don't take super seriously, but it's a fun time. And I enjoy thinking about that, that, process and what goes into that but i don't necessarily want to see it on the screen yeah yeah cool uh okay i feel like that what if was more for me just to <laughs> just to chat about that than a real question for you but that's you really that's got cool. it out there yeah i was very i was very happy to talk you really about went that. for it i like it. I, I like ta- the ambition. I to talk about that thank you okay yeah. let's get to trivia okay now this is just where we're going to ask each other a trivia question you you've picked up on something in the movie you think i might not and i did the same mm-hmm. for you and we're going to do it. This is just for fun. We're not keeping track. And here we go. Whose turn is it to go first? This is the big, always the big question. Maybe me. I don't know. Sure. Go ahead. Okay. Hit me with it. Okay. Best scene in the movie. The most intense scene in the movie. Med pod scene. Oh, um, shoot. Shaw. Shaw goes to the med pod. It's in Vickers um, lifeboat. So Shaw thinks it's for a woman. Uh, she goes to the med pod. She requests out loud that she needs cesarean. And the med pod says that it's uh, um, for a male. It can only perform male surgeries. Um, and so she needs to look somewhere else for her medical. Uh, she needs to she needs to go so- look somewhere else to get her 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 um, whatever the, what she's looking for. She can't use the med pod. So she has to then navigate through a um 
a display of different options so that the med pod will do the correct thing to extract the squid out of her stomach, okay? Okay. So she clicks on five options and says them out loud as she's clicking on them. Oh my goodness. Can you, Tim, name two options that she has to click on? No. And says out loud right before she jumps into it. No, I was terrified at this moment. I was like covering my <laughs> eyes and ears. No, no, I can't do that. No. Um, you can take you can take a swing. Okay. Wow. That's a tough question. She, yes. She goes up to it, says cesarean. It says no, it's for men. So she has to then go through a bunch of options to select the correct thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, is hernia one of them? No. Abdominal obtrusion. Abdominal is one of the words she says and has to click on. Does that count or does it not count? (laughs) I would say maybe it doesn't count. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, no, I can't. Honestly, I can't even think of. No, I can't think of any of those. No. Okay, I'll go through them for you. I I fail. What? This is my favorite scene. So I've watched like this clip on YouTube over and over and over again. So this this thing kind of stands out to me. You're not uh, allowed to do that. It's supposed to be watched in the movie. You're just supposed to pull something out. I've clicked. I've watched this on YouTube before. Bef- like not up leading up to this podcast. This is just something I know because I love this scene. Uh, okay. You're bending you the line You want me to pick out something bit. I saw the first time I watched the movie? No, this, the, this time. It's supposed to be something we watched on this viewing. So... Tim, this time I picked out the words. This time I picked out the <laughs> okay. words and the menu options. Oh, I knew she okay, had okay. to. I okay. knew she had to select different things because it was gotcha. for a woman. It always, yeah. Okay. I'll, or they, I'll she wanted it. it for a woman, but it was for a man. Yeah. I'll, okay. I'll allow it. So the five words she picks: surgery first. Okay. Then she picks abdominal. Then okay. she picks penetrating injuries. Okay. Then she picks foreign body, and then oh, she hits for- initiate foreign body. I remember yeah. foreign body. And I kind of got abdominal, so. Yeah, yeah. That's tough. I actually think I could have got that. Because I, got, I, the, so. One I of them... got the abdominal. Yeah. Even though you're saying I didn't. I got it. I said abdominal. And then another <laughs> word came out of my mouth by accident. Got the abdominal. I've done that before and you have not given me credit. <laughs> and I, rem- I do remember her saying foreign body. So, yeah, yeah. And you asked me for two. So that's actually, I will, yeah, that was a tough one. But I, I do think I could have got that. So that's a good question. Okay, cool. Okay. Uh, Dean, the crew are in stasis. David is riding his bike around. He makes a trick basketball shot. I know you love basketball, Dean. I've asked, I don't know how many balls were on the rack. I've asked you a similar question before. How many basketballs were on the rack in this scene? No clue. I don't care. I'm watching him make the shot. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea, Tim. <laughs> you were watching it the first time too, but we drew a guess. Seven. There were none. There were well, there was no rack. There were no that's basketballs. No, it's that's not. That's your question. Get, that's stupid. <laughs> no, it's not. There wasn't even a rack. Not, if you could have noticed, you could have been like, there, "Yeah, there's no rack." Okay, do you want another one? Do you want a backup? Yes. Give, that's a dumb question. <laughs> give me another one. <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> There's no rack? I asked you in Alien Resurrection a basketball question when a basketball shot was made. You should have been paying attention to that this time. Just in case. Sean Holloway. They're in the cave at the beginning. 
How old does Shaw say the pictograms actually are? Oh. Holloway says something like he thinks they're this old, or he asks how old they are, or he thinks they're this old. Shaw answers with, she thinks they're this old. Or older, is her quote. They're this old, uh, this many years, or older. 35,000. That is correct. Yeah. 35,000 is correct. I got one. All right, dude, that was awesome. So much fun talking about that one. I can't believe we only have one more movie left in this franchise. That's sad. It is well, sad. Well, one more on this run, and then we get to oh, yeah. uh, do it all over again. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We got one more, and then we've got our yeah. series, our franchise wrap-up, and then yep. we're going to start it all over again. Right it's back in it. Right back to it. Yeah. I-, I can't wait. I can't wait for round two. Me too. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. It's going to be good. Dean, thank you so much for joining. Yeah, thanks, man. I love this movie. And thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Hello, everybody. I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week, we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia. That's it for another episode. Thanks to everyone for listening. If you'd like to drop us a line, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as TalkBackPod, or by email at TalkBackPod at gmail.com. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Those reviews will help more people find Talking Back. All right, that's it. We're done.